All right, this podcast, we're going to be talking about governance, leadership, authority. I know the last podcast we talked uh, a bit about narrative and ended up being a discussion about people and kind of the stories that we talk about for people. But it kind of, it was interesting. Just think about maybe the role of authority in general, especially in terms of faith. I think it's interesting because in, in most religions, you know, you're submitting to, you know, not just maybe it's rules, but, you know, a God or a person. And that's inherently uh, about the authority. Yeah. We, we just started talking about this and realized I think we have kind of different views on the role of authority in religion um, because I guess my closest like interactions with religion have been Quakerism. And I think Quakerism is like weird within Christianity, if I understand correctly, and that it is a little bit more anti-authority. And so like my takeaway from having spent time in like Quaker communities has been like question authority and, and trust yourself and like, just like a very like Socratic way of um, looking at the world. Uh, And so I would say like, not, I don't. I don't think that the idea of authority is inherent in religion, or if it is, like, yeah, there's an idea of like a higher. There's always an idea of like, well, is it a higher power? Or just sort of like a like I think of it more as like a power that binds us, um, like a human spirit. But that's sort of different, I guess, from like other religions that are much more authority oriented. That say like you know you are submitting to God or you are. But yeah, I don't know if it's just sort of like a metaphor for the same thing, like. I think I submit to the idea of a great something, a concept that is greater than myself, but I'm not submitting to an authority as a sort of like anthropomorphized figure. Okay, makes sense. I, I guess even in Christianity, we would say that like our authority is Jesus um, as a person. But I understand what you mean by like this idea that like God, like some God is like in us, and I guess that's different from like. You know, you could say, like, we could think about, like, the Catholic Church versus, like, Protestants. And, like, that's very hierarchical. And, like, Pope is, like, the main, like, one person in Protestantism. There's this idea called the priesthood of all believers. And I'm pretty sure that might be what you're talking about um, for Quakerism. And it's basically that, well, there's the idea of a priest, which is, you know, it could just simply just say it's someone that can talk to God or speaks to God and that, we would say that we don't, um, we wouldn't divide like, um, if you are a priest, like the position of a priest versus like a lay person, um, and that because, um, we like we would just say like you can talk to God directly or that God lives in you or that kind of thing. You don't need like someone else to be between you and God. Mm. Yeah, that's super Quaker because like they're in at least in the. Pennsylvania interpretation of it I've learned it's not true but like uh yeah there's no there's nobody leading a, a congregation like you go to meet worship and anyone can stand up if they feel moved to speak and just that concept I remember was like really influential for me growing up because I was like oh like no one needs to organize this no one needs to lead this like if I feel moved to speak I can stand up and now I am leading it and that was like really empowering for me to think about yeah no, and this is like not um, that's well, obviously maybe there's different like ways of thinking about it, but that idea isn't specific to Quakers or anything. I mean, I think I just read about it in, in one of the passages in the Bible where it talks about you are a royal priesthood. Um, so it's just talking about how, you know, basically what you just said. And so like before in the old Testament, it was like, okay, priests have to act as like a mediator between God and the people, you know, like, when people would have to like sacrifice things or you have to go into this, you know, like holy place and then they represent the people. Um, and then after 
um, well, this is specific to Christianity, but like after Jesus came in, we would say that everyone has the Holy Spirit inside of them. And it's like that way, you know, you don't have to like go somewhere. And we, when we talk about like people having to go into this holy like tent or something, we would say that you are the tent or your body is a temple. I don't know if you heard that phrase before, Mm -hmm. but yeah, yeah, the idea that like um, you don't need this other authoritative feature figure to talk to God, um, which is interesting. And I think like what you said, Christianity isn't like, I think it's kind of both in my view, like there's authority in that. I would say that we should submit to God and there's an idea of, you know, surrendering your will to his and kind of thing and growing into his, you know, we would say like image or likeness. Uh, but at the same time, um, that's more of a, we submit to a higher power thing versus like submitting to a person like, you know, like the Pope or someone here. Cause we would say that because God is perfect, we should submit to him, but other people it's learned. We should all, um, we should learn from them, but they're all like, they have flaws, right? We're not perfect. Yeah. It's sort of this, um, yeah, it's sort of, I guess, like a philosophical distinction between are you, like, I guess, rejecting the idea of authority and religion because you're not a, a human or whatever. Some external thing is not the right authority that you should be submitting to. But in the end, yeah. I guess, like, isn't everyone, like, I mean, the concept of religion as being, moved by some sort of spirit and i think that's true for i mean even like buddhism or uh religions that really don't have so much of like a central godlike authority but there's still this sort of implied idea that you're submitting to some feeling that is like moving you in some direction and like that is still authority i guess although the term authority doesn't I, was, I guess I was thinking about this in relation to open source as um, intrinsic versus extrinsic motivations, or mostly just intrinsic mm. motivations of like, okay. like, are you, when you do something for an open source project, like, I mean, we often sort of gravitate towards, there's maintainers who are holding the vision of the project, there's the people who like might be the original authors. And so there's some like individual person that you're probably kind of looking to for guidance um in in what you should be doing the project but like ultimately if you take the most like literal definition of an open source project it is totally like this decentralized thing that like if you can persuade people that you want to do a thing then you can do the thing um but like being guided by your own intrinsic motivation to contribute at whatever level feels right is sort of like the like the ultimate authority that you're submitting to or letting yourself being guided by like you're not being you're not necessarily being guided by the maintainers you're being guided by like what do i feel most intrinsically motivated to contribute to this project and that's i think sort of the equivalent of like a spiritual motivation Hmm, that's really interesting yeah because that in terms of like the faith side that reminds me of like kind of you know doing things for uh approval or like performance and like kind of, uh, yeah, you could say it's like, I, I want to, you know, get God's approval. So you're going to do X, Y, Z. And it's like, or is it like, you're just doing it because you think it's good. I guess that's similar in open source. I don't think anyone has to accept your contribution if they don't like it or they don't want to, but I think you have the right to be moved by whatever you're moved to at least try to contribute. Yeah. Cause then it's, um, I know that most people think religion is like, a bunch of 
rules and then obeying them. And so it's more of like a, it seems like an external thing. Like I want to obey these rules, so I'm going to do it. At least in Christianity, it's um, a lot of it is recognizing what God did for us. And then if he's showing us love, then we show love back because he's shown us love first. Um, and that way it's, it is more of an internal thing or it becomes an internal thing. So before I would wanted to do good things to obey laws or because I think that that will give me something, right? And then later, then it's like, okay, if I've been shown love, then I want to give that back. Kind of, I think I mentioned this before, but the idea of like, you're filled with love. And so you want to like overflow and then you kind of um, do it out of just internal, like your heart. Yeah. So um, I was just thinking like, it's hard to, it's hard to really know sometimes what you're, why you're doing a thing or like, sometimes you think you're doing a thing for all the right reasons, but you're not. <laughs> that is very true. I think it's really, um, I think that speaks to kind of just, you know, how there's all, there's, there could be a huge gap between like what we believe and what we think and then what we actually do. And this is kind of unrelated, but we could talk about like serving too. Because uh, we're talking about authority and like leadership, and I would say that the leader of Christianity is Jesus. And for even people that aren't religious, they know about stories about him. And I think it's interesting that it's somebody that claims to be God or is a quote unquote like you know people that someone that people look up to, and he lived his life in a way that. Um, sacrifice for people so I think that's really interesting as a leader where you know maybe most people think that you know when you have power then it corrupts or it's hard to kind of or you wouldn't help other people but what he did was he helped people that um, needed help and he did that by you know sacrificing himself uh, by you know helping like you know, underrepresented people and all that stuff. And then ultimately, in terms of Christianity, he uh, sacrificed himself on the cross too. And so I think in terms of like leaders and kind of listening and all that, um, I think it's really interesting that our our biggest example is someone that kind of gave up uh, everything, even though he had it all. And I think that's a really good example to live by. So I still think there's this question of like, how do you balance this idea that like I'm I'm doing the thing that I feel I absolutely have to do um, because it comes from this like intrinsic motivation and balancing that against the need for like coordination, especially as a movement or whatever, like a community grows. Um, so like, yeah, I mean, Jesus is your canonical example of someone who... Mm-hmm was at the time defying everything to do something he really, really believed was right. And because he was moved by God or however you want to interpret that. Um, But yeah, if you're coming into something that is like by definition, like because he started the thing, like he was doing something that like no one else around him was really doing. Right. So he he didn't have to like coordinate necessarily with anyone. Um, But if, if you're coming into a community and you want to do with, and you're coming in like with your own, like, intrinsic motivation of like, I think this is the thing that I am should most be doing. Um, and I think like, to me personally, like that's the kernel of, um, like spirituality that I personally feel is like 
whenever I, I like see or feel that from someone that like, they're like really obsessed with a certain idea. Like to me, that's like spiritual evidence or whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. but, but yeah, what happens if what you want to do is like, not at all, like does not at all match what like the community actually needs or what you should be doing. Um, and like, yeah, how do you balance this thing of like, well, I feel so moved to do it inside of me versus like, yeah, but can you look at what everyone else around you needs from you? Um, and yeah, which, which is the authority that I guess that you submit to? Is it the, like the thing inside yourself or is it what other people are trying to tell you? Um, and like other people. Does that make Hmm. sense? Yeah. So you're saying like, maybe, uh, you have this desire to make some change, but, um, the community around you might not see that or, or it even seems opposed to that. Yeah. I mean, I think this is like the fine line between someone being really inspiring as a leader versus just kind of being a crazy person. Right. right? Like, and like, (laughs) I think we can, we can kind of like feel that difference sometimes, but like, honestly, sometimes like crazy people are just people who like, or sorry, the other way around, like sometimes leaders are people who are just like happen, crazy people who happen to get enough people to believe in them. Um, so how do we really know what the difference is? And like, as a leader, how do you encourage someone who might be really enthusiastic to do something for you or for your community? Um, how do you encourage them to like follow their heart while also being like, yeah, but don't do that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, like, have you ever gotten a contribution that you didn't really want, but someone was really enthusiastic about. Oh yeah. I guess all the time. <laughs> Definitely. I, I think, uh, you know, they, they might be really enthusiastic, but then that wasn't part of your vision or it's maybe the opposite thing or they misunderstood what the issue was. And you have to kind of tell them that you appreciate their effort and their contribution, but we don't, we might not necessarily merge their change. And I think, okay. In terms of that, then it makes me think that, the way we might go about doing that is, you know, we do want to inspire people instead of just telling them what to do. And it reminds me of this, I guess it's about authority, uh, where we said we don't want to like divvy out the tasks or like kind of give away necessarily like those kind of tasks, but we want to give away authority. Because giving out tasks is not inspiring. It's like, hey, can you just like look at these issues or something instead of like, hey, I'll give you this role uh, and I give you access on GitHub to be able to like label things or whatever. Having a sense of responsibility in that and it'll inspire them to be like, hey, they are giving me ownership over this and I should I should take that. But you still need to like trust someone to give them that authority, right? And trust is definitely found by, I think there's some level of ex- expectation of coordination or alignment which is somewhat antithetical to the idea of people following whatever they want to do, I guess. I mean, a little bit pedantically philosophical right now, but maybe I've been thinking on like two different levels of contribution. Like one is someone contributing back to a project. Maybe that's not the the right analogy. Maybe the analogy is just like someone who feels like they have a multiple, uh, uh, like a fundamental difference um, between them and the project. And then they go off and fork it. Right. And right. maybe that is, I mean, we were talking about this a little bit with um, like how different branches and sects of Christianity are formed where, yeah, maybe if you're just not down with the whatever form of Christianity is around you, then you go off and you start some other version of it. Um, And that's the answer is like, if you feel that strongly about it and you can get other people to believe you or follow you or whatever, then you just, Mm -hmm. that's why we have forking. I feel like for that, then it's like, 
you have to really um, believe in whatever that is. Like, if I think about someone contributing and they're like, oh, I don't fundamentally agree with what you're doing, then they probably wouldn't make a pull request. And I think most people don't care enough about any project to want to decide to become an open source maintainer. Um, and it's probably why we don't have a fork for that that often, right? Because it's like you get, I mean, unless you're willing to put in all that time and then eventually get more people, it's just just seems like a bad idea. And I guess... Well, even like semi-private forks, I guess, are kind of a solution to this, right? Where like, I guess, originally I was thinking of in terms of forks of like, yeah, massive new yeah. projects being started or something. But there's also a lot of people who just say, all right, that's fine. I'm just going to fork this and do my own version of it over here. Um, and that's okay, right? Like they don't, they're not trying to get everyone to follow them. They're just saying, well, I'm going to go do this, which is, I guess is equivalent to saying like, maybe you don't agree with everything the church tells you you should be doing, but privately you just practice it differently and you just don't really talk about it. I mean, I guess that's just, in some sense, that's everybody, right? Because we all have right. <laughs> their probably um, small things that probably doesn't even come up and you just, you just believe something different. And I guess that's why a lot of places, they, they kind of have those explicit um, core, I guess, beliefs or something so that we all, we can all align on like things, but then all these other, uh, hopefully our secondary issues, it's kind of, you have, you just give people the liberty to believe in those things because it's not as important. There's, there's like a weird, cool thing that happens there that's sort of like a, a silent movement sometimes. It's like, like when the Overton window allows for us to talk about some taboo thing, like a lot of people might privately believe that the church does not, or whatever in the example, um, like the, the dominant mainstream view is like not okay. And well, I'll just go practice this by myself. And then you suddenly realize like enough people are doing that by themselves somehow. And I don't really know how that happens that everyone just sort of like senses that, or you have enough private conversations that start building into something bigger. Um, mm -hmm. And then that's enough to sort of like force this massive change, but it's not a change that's happening. Like that conversation isn't happening in public. It almost seems like it comes out of nowhere, but it had been silently building for a long time. And I think that happens a lot with like yeah. leadership change in open source too, where like, it seems like this thing where it's like, Oh, I can't believe this person is stepping down or leadership change in general. Right. Um, but really those conversations have been happening for a long time mm. quietly. And then it's like, yeah, this is, but it's like everyone has been maintaining their own private version of what they believe. And then you kind of all realize that and then kind of can yeah. quickly affect change. I guess in terms of both like faith and open source, it, what that tells me is that we should be having those conversations in public because it sounds like we're going to have them anyway um, in private. And it just kind of bubbles up and eventually it just feels like it was like a one day everything just happened. Um, and I think that's why, especially in church, we encourage people, if they don't understand something or they disagree, then we should talk about it. And yeah. I think that's better for everyone because then a lot of times, especially in faith, right? And I don't think it's any different with open source. People don't really understand why they believe what they believe or they forgot about it because it becomes just like a what you do. And I think that's important. It's hard to, I think, create the environment where people feel comfortable I guess depending on what the topic is, but yeah, like it would be really, I don't know. In reality, I guess that's how it plays out. Um, I would hope that that's the environment that we're trying to create, you know, whether in a church or in open source, that people are free to do that. And I think for that, it kind of goes back to, I think a few things I would think about is 
you know, humility that, you know, we don't, we don't really know what we're doing and, and not, and we should tell, tell ourselves that we're not perfect and we don't know everything, um, especially as leaders. Um, so whether you're a leader in the church or an open source, um, to show that to people, um, cause then I think they're more willing to talk about it cause then they're, they're not going to be like, Oh, this person's going to shut me down. Um, and even like, I think we mentioned before, like vulnerability of like, Hey, I'm struggling with these issues too. Or I think it'd be hard to like, I want to believe that that's how things could work, but I think it could be really hard to structure like massive cultural shifts in public. And I don't really know why that is. Yeah. I don't know if I'm just being cynical about it or something. Um, but like, it's, I, I think it's almost because, yeah, if you're leading something, if you're leading the status quo and someone asks you, even if it's an open, honest conversation of like, well, why do we do this this way? And like, you're, you're going to probably try to come up with an answer, I think. And you're going to try to explain it. And even if that, that explanation isn't even like the right one, like, your job is to sort of like preserve the status quo and keep people together and keep people feeling like they're. And so it's, it's hard to like, if you have a serious difference in opinion or view of how the project is being run, like, like, I feel like the, it's almost like, <laughs> this is very cynical maybe, but like, it's sort of like HR companies or something where like, yeah, technically they're the department that's supposed to help you sort out problems, but like their job is kind of to preserve the status quo. Um, and so it's change is never going to really happen in like the full open. Yeah. I guess that would assume that that change is good in the first place. Right. Um, and then also that, I mean, if that's their job, then, and then that means it's your job to help that person to find out, like, which do you still want to be a part of this project? If this is a fundamental difference. And if this is how we decided that this is, this is the view then maybe they should do a different project. Um, if it's that important. If it's not, then you can just talk about it and be like, hey, you can believe that, it's fine. Mm. I guess it depends on what the issue is, really. Yeah. Um, and then it makes me think also that another important thing is like the idea of like commitment and staying as a part of something for a long time, right? So if it's an open source project, like, you know, if that difference is you can let it go, but you still have a, a different view. It's because you believe that I want to be a part of this for the long term, and it's okay that we have that difference. Same thing with the church, right? You're gonna maybe you're gonna stay with that for years or your whole life or something, um, and it's fine. Otherwise, yeah, you would find a different church. Mm-hmm. It's true for relationships. I mean, these are organizational relationships, but I think individual ones too. Yeah, how do you know how much you're just gonna grow with some? someone or an organization or whatever and how when do you know that like there's just a difference and you need to kind of work or move away or whatever mm-hmm. and i think it's funny because like you could think about it in terms of like marriage or even family like we it's funny with family you can't really run away but then you end up with all these differences right um you have to deal with them and it's funny thinking about like church or open source where you have that choice, so then it makes it easier to kind of leave. Um, and But maybe it would be better if we worked it out. It kind of depends, though. Yeah, I mean, it's, they're very, like, I don't know. I mean, some people's relationships with open source projects is like family of just very deep, long, sometimes like multi-decade relationships that uh, can make it really hard to leave, even if 
you have strong differences of opinions or views or people's behavior. Yeah, I guess that's not online church too, because I'm sure it's the same. I mean, I guess since we're talking about, you know, relationships and authority and community, it's just, in the end, it's just a complex subject. Um, it's not like you have, there is no like right answer per se, right? It's kind of like all depends on the situation because you're dealing with people and like, you know, should you compromise on this thing or should you leave? Should you stay? Should you argue about it? Should you just, you know, wait? It's not easy to figure it out. Yeah. I think it's ultimately just sort of going back to the beginning of like, yeah, you got to do whatever is that like intrinsic desire and some, and I guess there's just like a lot of different options, right? Like you can use that to try to affect change within the community or you can use it to kind of divert, go somewhere else either by yourself or with other people. Yeah. And I think it's like, you know, I could be wrong and then I could be right. And I think having this, I feel like if you're going for the long term, then you're willing to work with that person. Like if you, if, if they are family, then you're willing to work through that, whatever that issue is, right? Um, otherwise, you would just cut off or, or something. This actually reminds me of the, uh, what's his name? The exit versus voice thing. That's kind of this, right? Of like you can. In, in any like political organization or society, I guess, um, but this also applies to everything else we've been talking about. You can either yeah, use your voice to affect change internally or you can exit if you're unhappy. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to continue the conversation, you can find us on Twitter at leftpad or Nyafia or on our website, hopeandsource.com. <laughs>